When we think about our heavenly language, interpretation is actually understanding our heavenly language and how to understand what's being said using an unknown tongue is by knowing where these words originate from. They're from our home, given from our God. And it's a spirit-to-spirit encounter. So you and I have a great sense. When we're looking up, we know who we're looking to. We know what world we're relating from. Relating back to. We know it's heartfelt when we're speaking out heavenly language. We know our minds are renewed regarding our thoughts while we're speaking out heavenly language. We know we overflowing due to God pouring into us and we're being poured out into. He said, out of our belly should flow rivers of what? Living water. So we have a great sense as to what we are actually saying if we just pay attention to who we're talking to. We know we operate in the fruits of the Spirit. We know we operate in the gifts of the Spirit. We know that we intercede for our neighbor on our left and our right. We know that we use our faith and not walk by sight. We know that we continue to endure. We know we're persevering. You know we're steering ourselves up. You know we're walking by faith. You know we're exercising our faith while we walk by faith and not by sight. You know that faith working patience. So we have a great sense as to what we actually saying to our Father. We know that we coming to God knowing that God is God. We're not looking around. We're looking up. Look up upon the hills which come of our what? Help. Our help come from who? The Lord. Hallelujah. So during this time, enjoy everything. We don't have to complicate nothing. We don't have to try to work out nothing. The word said God has already worked it out. But during this time, there are people that have been connected to us and we've been connected to that have caused some hurt and some pain. And getting over hurt and pain is not an easy process. No matter if it was something that was long ago and, or something that was most recent, we may be thinking that we're over it. And then that situation or that subject of the matter come back up. We think about it and we think about how we're over it. And we think about the importance of forgiveness regarding moving forward from it. But then that feeling still there. Still feel, you know, disrespected, dishonored. Taken advantage of. And let me tell you like this. Out of every 66 books, and plus your lives and my life, that's already been written that people are reading about right now by just watching your life. Your life speaks for itself. Your life declares his story over your life, over my life. And out of every book, I have never read that anybody bore up how they felt in the process of being healed from what came their way. Everybody moved forward and they declared, even without verbally declaring, by moving forward, that it's for the glory. And what does that mean? It's for the glory. Yeah, I may have one leg down, but I'm standing now. Yeah, I may have been broke now, but now I'm rich. I mean, broke then, but now I'm rich. Yeah, my body been aching, and I had to get some praise warriors to go on my behalf, but I'm healed now. Yeah, they was going to foreclose my house, but I'm still in my house now. Yeah, I've been demoted, but I'm promoted in the kingdom. Yeah, I was rejected, but now I'm respected. I used to be neglected, and now people are around me. I used to be lost, now I'm found. I used to be drunk, now I'm sober. Now these are typical testimonies that we live 
in this earth reality and come alongside with heaven's reality day to day. Yeah, my father and my mother walked out on me without walking forgiveness. I exercised the love of God by exercising my faith to walk in forgiveness because faith work in patience. So I'm patient with this process. I'm not going to hold no grudge. I'm not going to say you deserve not to be loved, not to be forgiven, not to be attended to, not to be around, not to prosper, not to be blessed. I'm not going to say I forgive you, but I don't forget in a sense that I'm still chill about thinking about what you've done to me. We have to really know how to let things go and let God, let go and let God, let go and let God. God never brought up in any of our faces what we have done that was unpleasing. He says that I forgive you and I remember your sins no more. Abraham never brought up Sarah's conversation with him in front of Isaac regarding Ishmael and Hagar because they move on, they receive their promise and let it go. Even Adam and Eve being dismissed out the Garden of Eden did not bring that conversation up again about Eve being deceived by Satan ever again. They just moved on and what? Let it go. Jacob had to mend his relationship with Esau and not to bring that day back up again. How you put hair and stuck it on your arms to deceive your father Isaac as if you were Esau because Esau more hairier than you, but that was never brought up again because you what? You learned how to let it go and set it for the glory. Many of Noah's family members were laughing at Noah what do you mean build an ark? What do you mean a storm going to come? For how many days? How many years? Yeah, right. That never happened before. God going to use you to do what? And sometimes when we feel like our assignment is so heavy, we start looking at it from a natural point of view and look at ourselves to be less significant to carry it out because of the weight of glory that resides on the inside of us. But the glory is not based upon our natural man. It's based upon our spirit man because those who worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. And sometimes we can cope with other things that try to find comfort or try to find excuses. But Holy Spirit is our comforter. And will dismiss every lie. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Count it all joy. Hallelujah. Even when it came to Samson and Delilah. Delilah. He moved on from that. Yeah, you cut my hair. Yeah, you deceived me. But I moved on and I became greater than before because greater is he that's in me. And I moved on and moved on and moved on. It's for the glory. Same thing goes with Lot. It's for the glory. I'm supposed to have grandkids. Now I have to have kids that are my grandkids from my own daughters in this cave. Have to start a bloodline with my own two daughters. And they're talking about getting me drunk in order to lie down with me. As if I don't know they're the, other, the only women around me. So I know if I'm sleeping around with a woman, I don't care how drunk I am. I know it's my own flesh and blood. But so many children came out of that for the glory. Know the story of Joseph for the glory. And sometimes we want people to feel our pain. And Joseph is a perfect example. Want people to feel our pain. Yeah, you hurt me. Without saying you hurt me. Just holding a grudge. I'm not going to be so quick to wrap my arms around you. I'm not going to be so quick to pick up my phone regarding you. Because I know what you've done to me. And guess what? I'm not going to let you do it again. But God said, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. If you have a guard up regarding someone coming in due to forgiveness, 
then you have not let it go. Your heart is still troubled. When we walk with God, we don't walk in offense. When we walk with God, we don't walk holding grudges. We don't walk tiptoeing around on eggshell. Let me see if you gonna hurt me again. Let me keep my guards up because you did it once you would do it again. No, it would never ever happen again because this time I'm fully persuaded. This time I know that God is for me. This time I'm aware that nothing could be against me. This time I'm aware he prepared a way of an escape and finally entered into this thing. This time I'm aware before the foundation he already prepared a place for me. The presence of my enemies. This time I'm already fully persuaded. This time, I know I have Holy Spirit inside of me telling me what to do, what not to do, what to say, what not to say, where to go, what not to go. This time, even it came to Ruth and Naomi, she had another daughter-in-law, she wanted to stay. But Naomi said, no, go home. Go to your family. I don't have nothing for you here. Your husband's was my son's, and I lost my husband too. You lost your father-in-law and your husband's. Now it's just us as women. We don't know how to survive on our own. We don't know how to work. We're housewives. We do work as handmaids, concubines. Go home. Your family is well off. It'll at least be one less mouth to try to find food to feed. And she greatly kissed them both and went home. And Ruth and Naomi never talked about that conversation again. And they move on. They know it's for the glory. Yeah, we may be nervous walking around wondering, hungry, thirsty, not having nowhere to stay. But I know it's for the glory. We're going to keep on pressing on, pressing on. Because I know it's for the glory. They never brought up about their husbands ever again. Because they know that God prepared a way of an escape. They know that God has a ram in the bush. There's always a ram in a bush. There's always a ram in a bush. And a ram is just nothing that you and I need. Nothing but just what we need to continue on in our journey spent with God. Hallelujah. Learn how to let things go. Daniel had to let go while he was put in the, den, in the lion's den, excuse me, in the first place. Just because he wanted to pray to his God. You understand? Dina had to let it go. The man who raped her wanted to marry her. She convinced Simeon, Levi, Naphtali, Asher, Gat, and them to go and kill him. And guess what? They did behind Jacob's back after he was circumcised and gave God his life. He was so obsessed with Dina. He wanted her. But the Bible just talks about how he took her without her permission. We don't know what, how it led up to that point. It just described how he was so in love with her. He wanted her. It doesn't state whether she was playing cat and mouse with him. You can have it. No, you can't. You can get it. No, you can't. It doesn't matter. When she said no, it's no. And she was so troubled by it. You know, the same man who raped you come back to your father with his father and his brothers. And they have a lot of money, a lot of land too. And they're not even children of God. They serve a false God. And he went to Jacob, what can I do to get your daughter? And she's like, no, you raped me. I don't want you. But she let no say so. So she started talking to Simeon, Levi, Naphtali, and Asher and God. Hey, don't let dad marry me off to this man. He just raped me. And they looking like, yeah, you playing with our family. How dare you rape my sister and then want to ask for a hand in marriage. And so Jacob thought he was going to get him by saying, you have to be circumcised. Meaning you have to be a man of God. You have to serve our God. We have to really cut your foreskin. We have to really anoint your head and you have to be converted. And this man was so in love with her. He said, I'll do whatever it takes. He got circumcised. They didn't know he was going to go that far. He did it. Everything they thought that he wasn't going to do, he did. And he was, you know, he had her hand in marriage. But before he could even take her home, they set him up and ran up on him when his father and them wasn't around. And they murdered him. And his father and them came back. And they said to Jacob, your sons killed my boy. And we're after your, your family now. 
It's time for all y'all to die. And they had to leave town. And Jacob was so mad. He was telling Joseph how much Joseph listened to him and the others. They just give him such a hard time. How can you guys mess it up for our family? But guess what? They took their things and they moved on by what? Letting it go. You understand? What a powerful testimony of Joseph, them all. But look at Joseph. Look at Joseph. He had nothing but a word of God that nobody else believed. Not even his own father. Nobody in his home believed this dream. And yet he's been so new to it. And he's put in jail years after that for doing nothing just by standing on God's word and being a man of God. I'm not going to touch you, woman. You're a married woman. Not even just that. I'm a man of God. She got so angry. She ordered him to be executed. But the guard said, no, I'm just going to put him in prison because I know he wouldn't lie to me. I asked him certain things. And how he answered tells me if he tell the truth or not, especially when it comes to his God. And he mentioned his God. And I know you're lying on him. But because you're my wife, I can't just not give you your way. But I'm not going to execute this innocent man. And he's in prison. Years and years go by. Without any confirmation anywhere else but above. Had to move on and move forward. And Joseph was still upset as we could tell. Because he was playing games with his brother. Trying to test him and see. So he just saying you know what. Hey guys I'm Joseph. No I want to find out this and that. I'm going to take you guys through all of this. I want to put this cup in your bag. And say that you stole. And have you thinking that you're going to be jailed. Or be murdered for it. And you got to give up your youngest brother. And hurt your father's heart. Due to him having to give up another son. Because he's missing another son. And not even aware that I am the son. Come on somebody. Sometimes we take people through too much and just not letting it go. Yeah, you hurt me. Yeah, you cheated. Yeah, you lied. Yeah, you stepped on my feet and you stomped my toes. Yeah, you shot me. Yeah, you stabbed me. Yeah, you tried to murder me. Yeah, you tried to demote me. Yeah, you tried to put a knife in my back. But guess what? I'm still here because God is in control. Because nothing must God by surprise. So whatever the devil tried to use you to do, you're still here too. So let's begin to go through this healing process. But I'm forgiving you and you forgiving me and let's move on for the glory it's not I'm mad at you I'm upset with you you shouldn't have done this to me because Christ has never said that to us I don't have to come to the earth I didn't do anything wrong because of one man I'm not having to do with any of those men but I am the other man I came as the other man I had nothing to do with Abraham I had nothing to do with Adam I had nothing to do was sin being here in the earth had nothing to do with what you've done but because I said I'm a king of kings and because I said I'm a lord of lords it's such an honor it's such a privilege to come in the flesh to have you connected back in Genesis it says God said let us make man in our own image and in Revelation, according to John, the island of Patmos, which is a small island in Greece, and God led him there. He was to be jailed because he escaped the execution. His execution was to be dipped in an oil tank that many have not survived. But God had John to climb up out of that hot oil tank. Hallelujah. And they didn't try to do it again. They thought just to take him away and put him somewhere where no one is. Because they know his God, you know, is in control. Not the first mighty act that anyone, you know, in that town has witnessed God do regarding a disciple. Just like Peter, they jailed him, make sure he was doubled locked down. And there was a shaking that taking place. And it loosed Peter from the chains.
And he walked out and went to his disciples' house. And they looked out. They were very excited. There's Peter at the door. You understand? Sometimes we got to forgive ourselves. when We do things, you know, to other people or towards ourselves. You understand? We have to release ourselves too. And there goes Apostle Paul's testimony regarding that. He had to forgive himself for persecuting innocent people. I killed you guys for what you believe in and what you believe in is right. I'm walking past the graves of the people that I had executed in a horrific style, beheaded and hung and stoned. And now I'm a living witness. And that's why he declared the life that I now live, nevertheless, not I. It's not Paul. It's not even Saul. But it's Christ who lived within me. <laughs> even when Jonah, on his way to Nineveh, he had to let go. Did God actually have me in the belly of a whale for three days and three nights? Did he really play with me like that? He really caused that storm. And Jonah knew that storm was for him. And the men knew it was too. They said, everybody called on their God. Jonah didn't call on his. Because <laughs> he knew his God was going to answer. <laughs> Hallelujah. And sometimes we got to let go of fear. Let go of fear. You know, there are two different types of things, of words being demonstrated. Let me give you some examples. There's an earthly way and there's a heavenly way. There's an earthly fear and a godly fear. God said, do not be afraid of sudden fear. That's an earthly fear. And at the same time, we say to, the, to fear the Lord is to depart from evil. And God's fear is not demonic. Of course, we know that. God's fear is not scary. God's fear is not panicking. God's fear is not disappointing. God's fear is out of obedience. God's fear is out of stewardship. God's fear is out of honor, loyalty. Hallelujah. I, I'm so loyal to God that I will not turn my back on him. I'm so loyal to God that I will not do anything to dishonor him. I'm so, you understand, I'm, I fear the Lord to depart from every form of evil, to stay in my true identity, to walk and crave my cross and not walk behind and pick up the old man again. Going back and forth with flesh and spirit. To fear the Lord is to go all the way. And there are two different types of cares. Cast your care upon me, for I care for you. So the difference is our care and his care. Our care comes with panic. Our care comes with worrying. Our care comes with fear. His care comes out of love. His care comes out of passion. His care comes out of faithfulness. His care comes out of the fruits of the spirit. His care comes out of mercy. His care comes out of grace. His care come with power. His care come with might. His care come with strength. Hallelujah. There are two different types of fights. When we think about fighting, we're thinking about, you understand, violence, physical. But that's the earth way of fighting. God fight is a good fight. Because he said, fight the good fight of what? Faith. I got to get up. <laughs> His fight is faith. That's his fight, faith. I dealt to every one of you the measure to fight with your faith. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but mighty because of what? Faith. You have the helmet of salvation, not for no sword to go inside your head to protect you. No, it's to protect your mind because of your salvation. Your breastplate is not to physically protect your heart from not being knifed or gunned down, but it's to protect your heart because out of the other issues of life because of what? Faith. You are girded with truth. You are girded with Holy Spirit. It's not to protect your stomach, your waistline for being in battle naturally. No, it's for you to use it in the fight of faith. Your shield of what? Faith. The sword of what? The spirit. 
The feast show the preparation of the gospel of peace because of what faith? Our armor don't protect us from the enemy. Our armor is to let us know that we are fully equipped and protected by God. Satan can't come and do anything that we don't allow him to. We call it on his name for things he's not even doing. It's God. We're walking with God now. So why are we looking to Satan if we don't understand what's going on? The first thing we do when we don't understand is look at Satan. And God said, what? Lean not. But in all our ways, what? Acknowledge. There are two different types of wars. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So we have an earthly war. When we think about military style, combat, fighting, that's what we think about. So we think about the word war, think about might, and think about battle, think about fighting. We think about violence. There's no violence in the kingdom. John and the island of Patmos, God led him there intentionally because God used that very thing that Satan tried to destroy him with an execution and have him to be locked away so God could show him a vision to write revelation regarding the war that broke out in heaven before God even said, let there be light in the earth. It's so amazing how God go back and forth with time in the word. You know why? Because he's the redeemer of time, the creator of time. You understand, a preserver of light and life. God could have had what was in Revelation, you know, in the beginning in Genesis. Because that's what happened first. There was a war. Satan got kicked out. And then God began to, you know, create things in the middle round. But God talked about the middle round first. And went all the way to Revelation. And then talked about the war. <laughs> Try to help you. God, you understand? <laughs> Letting us know he's still the same. Let us know he see the end down to the beginning. Let us know that it is finished. And Revelation is talking about what happened before the beginning in Genesis. Sometimes we can just read the scriptures backwards. You know, read Revelation all the way down to Genesis instead of Genesis to Revelation. I'm trying to tell you. God, you understand? It's so amazing. And I mean so amazing. So amazing. God had a plan for John, the theologian. I need you to see this revelation and write this revelation because the war that broke out in heaven, we thinking that the angels are fighting the other angels that becoming demons. There are no, God, they've been stripped from power. There's no comparison, no, no competition with might. Might can't fight might. <laughs> they didn't have any might. Power can't go against power. They've been stripped from power. The war that broke out in the kingdom was nothing but a disagreement. That was a war, a disagreement. Because Satan went around the entire kingdom of God, not just in one place on the throne or in this place. That No, he went around the entire kingdom trying to get as many, you know, angelic hosts and heavenly beasts and angelic beasts to come alongside with him. There weren't just no hundreds of demons. No, there were millions and millions of angels that have fallen with him. And guess what? They never knew they was going to fall. That's why they agreed with him. They thought he was going to really accomplish what he said. But guess what? That's how important it is to just stay focused on God because when we look at God, Holy Spirit will tell us the end of a thing before we even answer. That's why we so slow to speak and quick to hear so we can know how to answer because out of the, out of the mouth, excuse me, the heart speaks. And it's no way whatever Satan could have said to them to have them to be persuaded against God. It's like there's nothing else that you can do for us. We have everything. Holy, holy, holy to the new thing. Well, you cannot do nothing for us, Lucifer. And there were some angels that are in every angel that is there now and walking with you told him no. Michael told him no. Raphael told him no. Gabriel, you called Gabriel, told him no. 
The seraphims chirpers told him no. He went around the entire he went to everybody but God. And for those who are still in the kingdom, said no. And those who are walking with Satan said yes. And when they got kicked out, they realized, you lied, man. But there's no going back from that. Now I want you to visionize that for a second. Whatever was happening in the kingdom that very moment, whether they were supping at the table or whether they was just in worship and praise. You get kicked out. Now we continue on what we was doing before we kicked you out. Now we know that you're no longer here, Satan. The angels became fallen demons. You're no longer here. Now there goes Christ. Now it's time for salvation. You see how important that God needed John to release that vision? It's introducing us to God's plan beforehand regarding us. We wasn't even created yet. Adam wasn't even here yet. And Christ stood up and said, now it's time for salvation. Right after God said, let us make man. Here go Christ's answer and response. Now it's time for salvation. Oh, oh, Christ. Jesus. You understand? Even when it came to Barnabas and John Mark, and Apostle Paul, they had to let it go because John Mark carried them. They went on a mission trip that was very dangerous and John Mark got scared. He ditched out on them. He never left the room. They looking for him. He came back after they was finished. And didn't want to go on another trip. Apostle Paul was like, no, I'm not taking you this time. I'm not taking you this time. Barnabas was like, you know, we're taking him. Uh, I think it's not a good idea. No, we're taking him. He ditched out on us. I don't have time for him to do it again. And that was God putting it in Apostle Paul's heart. Because there are some people that, you know, do something once don't get another chance to do something else again. Gotta build that trust back up. You ditched out on us, man. We could have got killed. We could have got hurt. You carried us. Just like I'm referring you to a job and you don't even show up and I'm putting all that you know, good word in for you. And you didn't even show up. And they had all these other people that they turned down. And I gave them my word. No, you're going to like this. This person is ready. They ready. And don't even show up for the daggone interview. Had me look so bad. And that's how Paul felt. You carried us, man. So God put it in Apostle Paul's heart. Let's take Silas instead. Okay. You take Silas, I take John Mark. And the only reason why it stated, you know, King James put John Mark not to confuse us because there are some common names. We keep hearing John. We're going to be like John Woo. It couldn't be John the Baptist. He was already beheaded. Could not be John a disciple. He's already in the island of Patmos. So who? With John who? Just like there's a lot of, you know, Simeons and Simons in there. And they put John Mark because John's name, they call him Mark. So not to confuse us, let's John Mark. He's the only one in there as John Mark. So now we know who he's talking about. Just like there are a lot of what names, like Brittany's here. There are a lot of Samantha's here. A lot of Sarah's here. A lot of Anthony's here. A lot of Tony's. So to separate us from being confused, like, hold on, what, did they die already? They've given us, you know, their nickname behind. John's nickname was Mark, so they put John Mark, according to my research. And it's so important when it comes to reading the word 
We don't just read it to say we read something. We actually sit before God and get clarification what God is really saying to us. Because even though these are testimonies of what really happened, it's still man-made, passed down. And that's why there are so many translations. That's like if I speak in your ear and it's 20 people in a circle, it's not going to come back the same way. But you're going to have an idea as of what I said, but something was added and something was taken away. And that's what God stated in, you know, Revelation. Don't add in my word and don't take away from my word. I'm going to add in your life the plagues. I'm going to take your name out of the Lamb's book of life. You understand. And when it comes to us and our religions, we cannot go around saying your religion is wrong. You're wrong for this religion. You're wrong. No, because people are not intentionally serving false God purposefully. We cannot say what you're believing in is wrong. What we do is be an example of how powerful our God is. Because we are the living word. And when they see the power of God, that's why Moses said, thank you, Father, a great example. Who do I tell Pharaoh you are? I can't say, Pharaoh, your God is false. My God is real. Who do I tell him my God is? Another example. Thank you, Father. You're on it. I love it. Nebuchadnezzar. He began to confess their God without them even saying nothing. Hold on. There were three. Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael. And I give them the names Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the only reason why I don't call them that those names is because those are not their original names. But I get what you guys mean when you say it. But God speaks to me about what to say correctly in order to be a messenger. Because those names are the opposite to their God. It's Nebuchadnezzar's God. He given him the names opposite. Like for example, my name Quenisha could be a fisher of men and Nebuchadnezzar could change it to be, you know, a fisher of Herod or a fisher of, you know, Athens or a fisher of, you understand? And that's what he did to their names. He changed it to Whatever God had them to be called by whatever their names were, he changed it to being a servant of his false God. So that's why I don't call them by those names. Hallelujah. We got to let things go and keep it gone. Keep it gone, y'all. We got to keep it gone. And know it's for the glory. Nah, you hurt me, man. Let it go. It's for the glory. If we actually knew what it looked like for our things to be held up because we holding on to past things, we wouldn't do it, man. Sitting here believing God for all these things and not even having no access to it because we're holding on to things. We have a blockage in a way and not giving God free access to move how he wants to successfully. You ever given a word and or sung a song or drew a picture or whatever you were doing in ministry and God be get, you give it to everybody else and God talking to you, you like, I just got that. <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> and some people feel so bad. I shouldn't have lied to you. I shouldn't have lied on you. I shouldn't have disrespected you. I shouldn't have did this. I shouldn't have did that. And some of us are like, yeah, you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have. Yeah, you're right. Now, how would Christ be into him with the issue of blood? You should have been believing that you were sick all that time. You've been away all that time for what? You didn't believe? Did you not hear about me walking the earth? Come on. You got scripts and scrolls too? And there goes a woman. I know Christ. <laughs> and there goes a woman. God. Oh, God. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> and there goes a woman. I'm getting it out. I'm trying. And there goes a woman who's looking for a child to be healed. And Christ was saying, you know, I didn't come for this. And disciples like, hold on, you came to heal. How are you going to just pass her up? He said, it's not good to take food from the children out of their mouths and feed it to the dogs. 
And she said, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. You know I love that. You know that's one of my favorites. God. And what she meant was, let me tell you what he meant first. I didn't come here for those who don't want me. I didn't come here for those who don't want to serve me. I didn't come for those who want to play games, for those who want healing and then go back and claim sickness. I didn't come for those who want to be seen in heavenly places and then forget they sitting down. I didn't come for those who take communion unworthily. I didn't come for those who say they want me when they want me to do something, but then want to act like they don't even know me when it comes to them walking like me in the earth. I didn't come for those who don't walk in love, but say they love me, but don't even love those they see every day. I didn't come for those who are religious. I didn't come for those who not know they're righteous. I didn't come for those who murmuring and complaining. I didn't come for those who's backbiting. I didn't come for those. I came for those who need a physician. I came for those who want the healing. I came for those who want to know they see it. I came for those. I didn't come for nothing. I didn't come for nothing. I came for something. And she was saying, even you came for sinners who's still lacking in believing. You even came for sinners who don't even serve you and serve false gods. Mm -mm -mm. She was saying you still came for people who don't even want you and reject you. You still came for those who despitefully use you. You came for those who betrayed you. You came for those who lied on you. You came for those who rejected you. You came for those who disrespected you also. You, you came for those. You came for those who put thorns in your head, pierced your side. You came for those who mocked you. You came for those because you came for everybody. Jesus Christ, that was her answer. Yeah, I know you didn't come to play around and that's not to play around with your blood. But you still came even in the midst of me playing around. Because salvation is not behavior based. That's what she was saying. Salvation is, you understand, grace based. So you came for me too. You came for me. You came for my sister. You came for my brother. You came for this, them, them, them. came for everyone. You're not going to single me out. You came for everybody. Come on, somebody. And he said, woman, now faith have made that your child whole. <laughs> My God. Christ counseled her. Just like God counseled Abraham. Should I hide from Abraham this thing I'm about to do? God knew he wasn't going to Sodom and Gomorrah. He knew he was going to send those two angels to go instead of him. He knew. He knows the end before the beginning. He knew Abraham's response. See, the thing is, God is not testing us to see where we are. He's showing us, you understand, do opportunities that come upon us so we can see where we are. Because many of us asking too high and not knowing that we are right here. Yeah, you want that, but you got you to gotta mature a little bit more for that. You understand? Let me show you where you at. Let me show you your growth. Let me show you how high you came even sometimes God come to us. And he came to Abraham. Should I hide this thing? And you knew you weren't going to hide nothing, huh? You knew you weren't going to hide anything. I love this. Oh, God. Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, God. I feel like Mrs. Oh, God. <laughs> I had to stop myself. <laughs> anyway. Should I hide from Abraham this thing I'm about to do? Nah, I'm not. You knew you wasn't. <laughs> God. I'm going to destroy the whole town. Sodom and Gomorrah. And there goes Abraham's response. Being a friend of God. To destroy the righteous with the wicked? That's not something God would do. If there'd be 30 people that's righteous, would you spare them from the whole town? Yes, I would. If there'd be 20, yes. If there'd be 10, yes. If Abraham went all the way down to one, God would still have said yes. Hallelujah. Sometimes we receive restoration that we know is way past due. And we try to be like, oh, it wasn't the time. No, just be honest. Wasn't ready. Wasn't watching. Wasn't open. Wasn't humble. If that's the case. 
Many of us think that Abraham and Sarah, God never said, Abraham, I'm going to give you Isaac at an old age. No, you're going to give forth and bring forth a son. It just took Abraham and Sarah that long to come alongside with God's agreement and not be in the way. And it wasn't Abraham, it, but the thing is, God came at Abraham because Sarah kept convincing him otherwise. We just reading about it in the word, but it's so much that went on with that. It took days for Hagar to curry, months for her to curry Ishmael. Now you stand there with him. Now you get mad at Hagar. And you know, years later, then you put her out. And now Abraham finished some kind of way. Because now you got our concubine, our hand servant, maid servant out in the street. And you got Ishmael. When well, you told me to lie down with her in the first place. Now you want to put her and the baby out. That's still my child. He's still my blood. He's just not my promise. But he's still my blood. Which became your problem. You understand? And she still didn't get it. All those years. Had God been gone. Abraham making sure they good when they leave. He wasn't going to leave them out there without nothing. He left them with some things. To start a new life alone with them. With them said was her and her son. Sarah didn't want her there. Got jealous. And look at that. All those years went past. Years and years and years. Now you in your 90s, your 80s. And all of a sudden, the angels come and give you a visitation. And your response is still, you know, you're still not ready. Still not ready. Because you marked the angel. <laughs> At this old age, yeah, right. See? Still wasn't ready. It wasn't that God wasn't ready. No, we're not ready. Stop putting it on our father. We have to stop doing that as if he's taking his time. No, we're actually catching up because he already did it. He's redoing what he already done naturally, what has taken place already supernaturally. We got to stop trying to put excuses as to why things. No, just be mad enough, woman enough to say, you know what? I held my own blessing up, but I thank God I'm not doing it no more. Now, who's bold enough to say that? Yeah, I was in my own way, too. not no more. Now, testify that and see how many come alongside God with that. Yeah, I know what that's like, too. Matter of fact, I'm being alongside with God with you because of your honesty. You're not lying about it. You're not trying to hide it. You're not trying to be prideful about it. Trying to be higher than you ought to think regarding it. You're not just giving us a solution. You also tell us what happened regarding you receiving that problem. You're not just telling us about your exit out of the wilderness. If the Israelites, I'm talking about Israelites, you testified about your time spent there. He led you by cloud by day and fire by night. You have food and meat to eat, bread from the kingdom. And God said, you know, during the Sabbath, don't go out there and get anything. You have enough meat, enough during the week to save for them days that you're not supposed to go out. And some was greedy and ate all those all that meat and then try to go out and sneak and get meat and it turned to maggots and it was you know it rottened God rottened that meat right in their face didn't I say stay inside you understand we have to stop saying oh it took this long because of of you know this is what God wanted or oh it was this that the reason oh it was you oh it was you no just you know receive the glory Thank God is for the glory. Some things that we just turned away from, one paying attention or even deny. And guess what? We know the truth now. It's on and popping now. It's on and popping now. Hallelujah. It's on and popping now. We're not going to let it pass by again now. Hallelujah. We're not going to let it pass again. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So just letting things go. By saying it's for the glory. You walk down the street or go in your hometown. You see somebody used to date. Okay. It's for the glory. Thank you, God. 
Thank you, God. You ever had that person you saw in school you had a crush on or in your neighborhood and you were so pressed for them but they ain't want you? And you look at them now, glory to God. Glory! Glory to God, Jesus Christ. You understand? That could have been your person. That wasn't even for you, but you wanted to be for you. You didn't even know what you wanted. Glory to God. Come on, Father, for sparing us like that. Jesus. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. Even when it comes to different things, that house we wanted, oh, that's the house I was, I was so pressed for. Oh, that house is infested? Oh, nah. Oh, nah, see? <clears throat> we ain't doing that one. <laughs> Jesus. My God. Sparing us from things. Oh, that house got spirits in it? Oh, nah. Oh, nah, see? We ain't doing that one. You understand? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I thank you guys so much for your time, your effort, and your energy. <laughs> People say all the time, I want your energy. You have your own. <laughs> my energy is my own. <laughs> I'm floating now. <laughs> now, I started floating when I said... <laughs> Even the dogs eat the food that fall from the master's table. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. Hallelujah. We say things like, you came for me and I didn't sin for you. We don't have to talk like that. And I mean negatively. It's okay to play around, but Seriously, let's not look at each other and feel those ways anymore. We got to really just stick to our yes and move on from our no. There are people that have done some things, said some things, and we can't be like, you know, we look at them. That's the first thing we see. That's the first thing we think about is those things. No. No. Hallelujah. I love you all so much. Greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. I love you.